Well, speaking of praising the Lord, we had a time yesterday, the guys, uh, a bunch of us, went to uh, Iron Sharpens Iron in Buffalo, and I just, I don't like to let an event like that go by. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call this sharing the wealth, because we got impacted yesterday from the things that we experienced, the things that we heard, what God uh, spoke to our hearts. And I thought it would be a great idea, and the deacons agreed, to let the guys who were impacted share that impact with you so that we can get double impact from uh, what went on yesterday. So I'm going to invite the guys up to the front row here, those that, uh, uh, some that were there yesterday. And um, everybody everybody gets four minutes, but that's that's 240 seconds that you have, unless you only want to go two minutes and then you can yield the balance of your time to the senator from Oklahoma. Um, and then, and then I'll, I'll clean it up here in the end and uh, wrap it all up together. So, Bart, why don't you come on up and share what the Lord's put on your heart this morning. Let's just open uh, with a prayer for, for all the guys. Father, we do look to you that you, it's not just what we've experienced, Lord, it's you working in us, you speaking your word to our hearts, and, and we pray, Lord, that this word would have that double impact, that uh, uh, what is shared here today would not only glorify you, but would touch all of our hearts and lives, and we need you to do that, so Lord, would you come and speak to us through these, your ministers today. We give you the praise and the honor. Through Christ we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Well, good morning. Um, I attended a seminar put on by Dr. Larry McCall called Loving Your Wife, Love Your Wife the Way Christ Loves the Church. And um, he told a story about how he went coon hunting, raccoon hunting. The first time was a young, young man about 14 years old. Now if you're not a hunter or you're not married to a hunter or you don't love a hunter, you may not know coon hunting occurs in the middle of the night. And um, the fellow that led Larry and some of his friends on this coon hunt was named Mr. Bowser. And he had a coon dog named Old Blue. And uh, they went out in the woods, and the Old Blue picked up a trail of a coon, as the coon dogs do. And he started following that trail and baying and baying and baying all the way. And he kept going deeper and deeper into the woods and further and further into the woods. And... His baying got fainter and fainter. And Larry and his friends were concerned because they could just barely hear the dog. And they started calling, Blue, come here, Blue. Come on, Blue. Come back, Blue. Nothing happened. They went up to Mr. Bowser and they said, We're worried. We think old Blue has gotten lost. And Mr. Bowser says, No, he's fine. Said, well, he won't come when we call him. So Mr. Bowser just raised his voice and said, 
low, blue. And a few minutes later, Blue was wagging his tail against Mr. Bowser's leg. And the boy said, uh, how come he didn't come when, when we called him? And Mr. Bowser looked at him and said, he's a one-man dog. And then he related that to marriage and the vows we took. And I just want to make sure that Elaine knows that I'm a one-man woman. She has no rivals for my ears, no rivals for my eyes, no rivals for my arms, no rivals for my heart, no rivals for my love. I love you, honey. I always have. I always will. And when we took our vows, there were no, I'll love you if, I'll love you when, I'll love you but. I'll just love you till death do us part. Thank you. We didn't practice this, so forgive me, guys, if I'm speaking about the same thing that you guys are. Um, I had a great time yesterday. It was nice to bond with you guys. Sorry we left you in the parking lot, Paul, but we were ready to go, and the other vehicle wasn't, so. Um, Yes, I attended a morning seminar and an afternoon seminar, but um, what got to my heart yesterday, we had worship music, and then there was one message before we went to our morning sem seminar, and it's called My Killer Frogs. We all know the acronym for frog, fully re rely on God. No, this sermon was... Frequently recurring obstacles from growing spiritually. And he spoke right from Exodus chapter 8. And I've got four minutes, but I won't read it. About the problem with our frogs invading our lives. Well... He equated our lives, we have frogs, and we all had a frog in our bags to remind us and to hold on to it, to keep reminding us to shed our problems that are keeping us from putting God first in our life. We wrote down on a list of paper, and there's a little frog there. You can see it. And at the end of the sermon, he had us rip them up and bring them down and give it to God and put them in the trash. 
And hopefully, as Exodus chapter 8, verse, let me get there. Chapter 10 says, And he said, Tomorrow, and he said, Be it according to thy word, that thou mayest know that there is none other like unto the Lord our God. He said, Don't wait for tomorrow. Do it today. And it was quite a revelation to me to see almost every man stand and go to that trash bucket. There were several and just drop the pieces of paper and go back to their seats. So that was my main revelation that I took yesterday out of, um, it's pretty powerful, but I've got my frog to remind me um, to keep my list in the trash. So thank you for listening. Good morning. Uh, before I get started, this is something that we did there, and I'd like you all to join me. Please, everybody stand if you're able. And now I'd like you all to pick up your left leg. Pick up your left leg, hold it up in the air. For about Okay, anybody falling down yet? Nobody's fallen? That's good. Okay, now put it back down. I just wanted to make sure that we're all in the right foot. <laughs> okay, he gave me four minutes, and I, I'm not sure if he re realizes that uh, I'm a retired insurance agent, and four minutes is going to be kind of hard, but I'll, I'll try to keep within those parameters. I attended a seminar um, uh, entitled Grandfathers Who Leave a Legacy, Passing the Baton of Faith to the Next Generation. It was uh, given by Dr. Larry McCall. And what I took away from that, um, he referred to Psalm 71:18. So even to old age and gray hairs, which we know I represent, uh, what hair I have, Oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim, yeah, until I proclaim your mighty to another generation, your power to all those who come. So it was the whole program was about, you know, bringing on the next generation or your grand your grandchildren. Um, and one of the things that I took away from that, and it was it's just funny because it really hit me in the heart because I pray for my grandkids every night and he he attacked the old phrase of being a grandparent as a grandparent what's your duty take the kids spoil them then give them back right he attacked that he said who wants to raise a bunch of spoiled grandkids which is very true if you stop and think about it I'm not going to say I don't do that, but that's, you know, what he was saying. But he also said, 
that most of us, when we pray for our grandkids, we pray for their health and safety and well-being and success. And then he, then he nailed me because what I always pray is for their salvation. And that's exactly what he said we should be praying for. Spend more time praying for their salvation and them getting to know the Lord than their safety and well-being and success. And that's what I took away from the seminar. I thank this church for the privilege of going and including me, my new group of brothers. Thank you. I'm going to speak a little bit more in generalities. There's something to be said for brotherhood. To see 400, 500 guys all there for the same purpose. You think about the phrase that says, uh, I am not alone. And when, when more than one of you are gathered in my name, there I am also. And Christ was present in that church. I went to the same seminars as most of these guys. As you know, none of us are spring chickens, except for maybe Paul. <laughs> so I went to uh, the seminar on uh, grandfathering, how you leave a legacy for your grandchildren. I also went to the one that Barr went to, and he stole my thunder about Old Blue. So I'll pass over that one simply by saying that uh, the one thing that I got out of uh, the readings of, uh, you know, treat your wife, love your wife like Christ loves the church, is that sometimes I feel she is much more spiritual than I. And I asked myself that question, and I read the scriptures, and after the session was over, I went to talk to Mr. McCall, Pastor McCall, and he says, you have one job, catch up. <laughs> but getting back to the grandchildren, there were a number of phrases. You, you can tell by uh, the way that these gentlemen are talking that at these sessions and seminars, a lot of it is an object lesson. The one phrase I came away with when... Uh, talking about being a, 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 an example to your grandchildren is to be just that. By the way you live your life, by the way you love your God, be an example to your grandchildren. Well, I have a phrase in my uh, funeral preparation where I ask that all of my grandchildren need to speak at my funeral. Now, what would you ask your grandchildren? Well, Mr. McCall gave me the answer, what was your grandfather passionate about? So I ask myself, how do I fulfill what I would want them to say? And it's to be the example to them that I want them to be spiritual as well. In any event, 
there were seven of us that went to this uh, seminar. Now, I don't know how many of you men work on a Saturday, but you might want to start thinking about March 19, 2023. It'll be worth your experience. Thank you. Dave, I got my frog. <laughs> it's going to stay in my pocket, too. Um, and about that list, yeah, to get that green piece of paper right on uh, about this size, I'm like, there's not enough paper. Um, and as I was writing the list, I'm sitting there, and things are coming to my mind. And all of a sudden, I pulled the slip back out. I go, I forgot one. Can't believe I forgot it. Anger. Uh, so we, uh, as he's announcing, you know, different uh, seminars and stuff, he says, if you fa can't find your classroom, ask the guy in a maroon shirt with an iron sharpens iron on it. <laughs> I guess I wore the wrong shirt. <laughs> but people kept asking me, where's the lodge? I don't know. I said, well, you got a purple shirt on. I said, well, I bought this a couple of years ago. Um, and then another one. Where's the Where's the lodge? I don't know. Oh, okay. So I'm fighting my way through this crowd. He said, 500 people in this, you know, somewhat small area, and you're just bumping into person after person after person. It's like, come on, get out of my way. And then they'd stop you to ask for directions again. I don't know where the lodge is. Well, finally I decide, all right, I've had enough of this crowd. I'm going to move out of the way and just decide where I'm going to go. I was already figuring I'm going to go to the grandfathering one. I love those grandbabies, you know. They're the best. And uh, so as I'm standing there trying to figure out which way I want to go, I look up. I'm at the lodge. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, here it is. I decided, all right, so this is my path. Uh, I better go into the lodge, see what's going on in the lodge. Right, Dave? We found the lodge. Yeah, I'm not going in. <laughs> <laughs> we walked inside, and what's the title? A Man in His Anger. It's like, well, if God wants to put me here, I'm going to sit there and listen. Um, it's one of the things I need to work on, and, and God saw that he felt the same thing. So he put it in my heart to, to enter in that classroom and learn other ways to deal with one of my frog issues. Um, and I'm so glad that he's there to set my path, and I will follow him wherever he sends me. That's it. <laughs> if anybody needs directions, ask Paul. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate that. Were you blessed this morning? Amen.
Let me, um, first of all, let me just uh, clarify a little bit about the, uh, the frog deal. I think uh, we might have some questions there. This is when, uh, during the exodus uh, out of Egypt, where Moses, uh, or Aaron actually, calls the frogs out of the Nile, and they literally blanket Egypt. There's frogs wherever you step, in your house, on, on the kitchen counter, in the, in the pots. I mean, they're just everywhere, right? Uh, we, we don't. We don't necessarily understand at face value that all of these plagues that came against Egypt were gods of Egypt. One of their many gods that they served was the frog. Okay? Why? I don't know. That's what happens when you turn away from the true God. You start inventing things, right? So um, one of their, actually goddess, represented by a frog, um, kind of like India, they worship cows, you know, because in the cows are the spirits of the ancestors and that kind of thing. People are starving, but they can't eat beef because that's Uncle Charlie. So anyway, um, so one of their gods was was the frog, and and so they're they're just everywhere. And of course, you can't you you just kind of have to nudge them out of the way because you can't step on them because that's your god. But anyway, um, so. Uh, Moses goes to Pharaoh and Pharaoh says, would you ask the Lord to take these frogs away? And he says, you tell me when you want to do it. And Pharaoh says this ridiculous answer. He says, tomorrow. I mean, think about it. These frogs are everywhere. They're a nuisance. They're loud. Um, It reminded me of when we had the the seven-year cicadas in Ohio. I mean, it was like uh, any Star Trek fans, it was like a phaser, you know, just, just that's what it sounded like when you walked out the door. It was almost deafening. And that's what it would have been like. These frogs just everywhere, just everywhere. You, they're in your bed, they're in, you're on your head, you know. It's like, tomorrow, why would he wait another day to get rid of these frogs? And And he tied it into these Things in our lives, our habits, you know, the, again, the acronym, uh, frequently recurring obstacles to growing spiritually. What are those things in our lives? And the Lord, you know, is, is talking to us about them and say, Lord, would you take this out of my life tomorrow? Can we deal with this tomorrow? Like we want to have one more day with our frog before we let it go with that habit, with that, you know, whatever it is and uh, challenging us to, uh, now today's the day to get rid of those obstacles between us and God, right? Um, so that's, that's the frog. And then grandparenting, uh, that, uh, that impacted me. Everything I went to impacted me. Um, we, we talk about, how many of us talk about the world that our grandkids are growing up in? Our kids, our grandkids, right? We, I've had people say, I wouldn't want to raise a child in today's world. It's different. Right. So this is the world that we know they're growing up in. Um, How can I help them? Right. Instead of just bemoaning the fact, what can I do to equip my kids? What, What is the best I want for them? I want them to have a handle on the Lord so they can make it through. I want them to be following him and not go the ways of the world. Right. So what am I doing about it? I mean, just let's take your heart out and throw it in, right? What am I doing about it? 
Am I giving them just, am I just feeding them marshmallow cereal and <laughs> Lucky Charms and sending them home, right? Spoil them and let them go. What am I doing to help them to find Christ so they can survive the teenage years and beyond, right? What am I doing about it? What are the conversations I'm starting? How can I encourage them at their level? Um, Another one I went to talked about handling relationships God's way. Showing mercy. You know, God, God says, be merciful even as the Lord is merciful. Right? Who do we show mercy to? What is mercy? Mercy is not getting what you deserve. So showing mercy is, is being merciful to people that I want to judge, that I want to condemn, that I want to pay back tit for tat. Right? I'm supposed to show them Mercy. Um, intentionally saying, okay, who, who is it that has, that has wronged me? I'm going to not just avoid them. I'm going to go out of my way to show them mercy. Um, intentionally showing love to who? Luke chapter 6. To enemies. Not just avoiding them because we don't like them and, and you know, they No. How, how does Jesus say to treat them? Love. What is love? Love is an action. Love is going out of my way to do something helpful for this person that I don't want to be around. Hmm. Blessing those. Who does Jesus say to bless? Those that have cursed me. Those who have said wrong to me. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to bless them. Intentionally doing good to those who hate me. How many think that, that you just feel like doing that? Just, you know, just comes natural. No, it doesn't come natural. Praying for people who have treated me badly. Does that come natural? No. And then finally, in the last session, uh, boy, it was, it was hard hitting. It was powerful. That we need to, as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, as the church, we need to begin to understand that there's a shaking going on. And God is shaking, the Bible says, things that can be shaken so that what cannot be shaken will remain. We need to understand that the views of the culture that we live in are not just different from ours, but actually increasingly opposed to the biblical values that you and I base our lives on, right? They oppose our lifestyle. They oppose our beliefs. Not just, okay, you believe what you want. No, you are against me. If you believe this, you are against me, right? So it's, it's no longer cool to be a Christian, no matter how loving we are in our approach to people, we can no longer stay true to the faith handed down to us through the generations and just fit in and have everybody like us. We can't because we are counterculture. Our, 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 our whole worldview and the way we live our lives is opposed increasingly by the society that we live in. So for me, 
as I listened to all of this, it, it came down to this. You and I have chosen to become followers of Jesus Christ, haven't we? Not because of a legalistic religion, but because of a revelation of the love of God for us. A revelation that we were lost, that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, right? That we, that we were on our way to a godless eternity. And, and we had no peace in our hearts. We had no, no, no true happiness in our lives. We searched for it doing this, that, and the other thing. And finally, we understood, no, you're separated from God. And Jesus came because he loves you. He came to give himself on the cross as a ransom for you, to connect you back with God so that, so that his way and his life could be flowing in your life, right? It's, it's, we chose to do that and surrender our lives. Yes, Lord. Lord, I need you to not only save me, but to lead me in life, right? So, so we commit ourselves to no longer living the way we did for me, my, and mine, and, and, and my, but we're saying, no, Jesus is Lord, right? Jesus, I'm no longer the leader as I once was. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, follow me. Darn it. The places that he leads, sometimes I don't want to go. Sometimes it's not comfortable. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it, it rubs up against other people. It makes them mad. And, and, and I get shunned or whatever. Right? Sometimes... He, he wants me to say things and do things. I just don't want to do that. But I'm not the lead anymore. I'm a follower. Why did I become a follower of Christ? Because I've been there. I've done that. And it doesn't work. And it didn't bring me peace. And it didn't bring me joy. And what I have found with him is so much better. But see, I can't, I can't do that and do this at this I can't I can't get all this and and walk the same way that I walk it means there's a change a change of lifestyle a yielding to do what I want don't want to do to go where I don't want to go sometimes but the joy right the joy that comes from that And so for me, with my free will, what am I going to choose? And what are those choices going to look like in my life when it comes to my grandkids, when it comes to my frogs, <laughs> when it comes to dealing with difficult relationships, when it comes to living my life in the world? But even as I say that, even as I say that this morning, there is an excitement in my heart. I don't know if you guys felt this towards the end of that very last session. But there was, especially going into that, that worship song about speaking Jesus, the name, right? The name of Jesus. I want to speak the name of Jesus over my neighbors because there's power in that name of Jesus. We, 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 we don't want to forget 
that this faith, walking with Christ as a follower of Jesus Christ, that's the kind of walk with God that changes the world. That's the kind of walk with God that impacts the lives of other people. That is the gospel that breaks chains of addiction. That is the gospel that heals wounded hearts. That is the gospel right? that, that sets people free from bondage. We have that answer, and it's in Jesus Christ. And, and so instead of, of over here trying to make ourselves all pretty so that we look nice to everybody so that everybody likes us, we end up looking just like the world, and we don't have anything to offer them, and we stand by and watch people, their lives being destroyed. Right? Mental health. It's crazy. In our culture, people's lives being destroyed by the lies of the enemy, and we don't have anything to offer them because we look just like they do. We've, we, 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 can, we can get back to, I'm going to do it this way. I, this is comfortable. This is easy. This is, right? But as we get a hold of, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What am I here for? What's it all about? I left that behind. It's time to follow Jesus, come what may, to commit myself afresh and anew to going His way because His way not only brings the peace and, and, and all the blessing into my life, but it puts me then in a position to offer something to someone else. To set them free. To be a guide to the blind. To open the doors for the captive. Because there is power in Jesus Christ. Amen? So, yes, it, it, it's a new call, if you will for rededication, for recommitment, for re-yielding our lives. Yes, Lord, you are Lord. <laughs> you, you are the lead here. But in that, as we embrace that and commit our lives to him, we will have with us, in us, what the world needs. It's a choice between being liked and ineffective and just fitting in and being an agent of power and healing and deliverance and grace from God to a world who needs him desperately. Amen. So with me, with me, let us commit afresh to following Jesus Christ. To, to opening up his word and saying, yes, Lord, I'm going to do that even when I don't feel like it. I'm going to fight because your way is best. And exalt him in our lives so the world can see and know there's a way out for them too. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank you. God, it's hard. It's hard. We as humans, you know, 
We, we want to be liked. We want to be accepted. We don't want to make waves. And, and Lord, you, you call us to, to reach out in love, not to, not to sit there and point fingers at people and judge them and say, you're not walking according to. No, we, we, we can't expect them to. But we can show them a difference as you work in us, as you live in and through us. So help us, Lord, to take that stand once again. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Help us to grab a hold of the faith, Lord, that has, that has made it through the generations and has made a difference in this world. That we can be that light to the rest of the world. Guide us by your spirit, Lord. Fill us afresh and anew. There may be those here, maybe those listening online, that have not taken that step to let my Jesus change your life. If that's you and you have not opened your heart to the Savior, you have not found that source of peace, you have not found that source of love, to know that your sins are forgiven, to know that you have a relationship with God as his beloved child, and that's what you want to do here this morning. I invite you even now to just open your heart and say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, be my Savior. Be my Lord. Take away my sin. Reconcile me to God because of what you did on the cross for me. Change my life for your glory. And I thank you in your wonderful name. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, get a hold of me. Love to uh, tell you more about it. Best life in the world. Amen? Amen.